We're so glad that you found this Peak City message today. Our prayer is that during our time together, you're able to discover Jesus and are encouraged to follow him fearlessly. Yeah, I love that. Blending is hard and our lives are hard. There's so many things that are difficult to navigate on our own. And that's why Jesus created the community of the local church so that you can grow together. You're not meant to do it alone. We're meant to help each other along to find Jesus, encourage and build each other up. So you can find all the information for that at peakcityco.com or in the lobby today. You can see all the list of them and talk to someone about getting um, to be a part of a group this semester. So uh, this week I get to preach and uh, Pastor Petey and Brittany, they're sitting right over there. Look at that, supporting everyone from the third row. Love you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, communicate this morning. And uh, Petey will be back next, next Sunday. We're going to be starting a brand new series, and I'm really excited about that. He's got some amazing things in his heart that, man, it, it's just going to be good. It's so good for our families, for our future. It's going to be great. So today, you know, I'm going to be continuing in what, what we've been in for uh, over a year now. We've just been in the book of John and looking at John's perspective of Jesus's ministry. So today we're in John 13. And, and actually in these verses, we're in a passage that is a little bit Strange. It's a little odd, especially for today's context, and you'll see why in just a minute. But just kind of set up the theme of it. Um, years ago, I was in full-time ministry in another state, and, and I remember one morning I, w- I was going to Starbucks that morning, and I and I get through the line, and I get up to the, the place where I'm going to pay for my coffee, and, and they say from the window, they say, "Don't worry about it. Someone is taking care of it. They've paid for your coffee." And I'm like, wow, what a great day. This is awesome. And the first thing that I thought of when, when I realized that someone's going to pay for my coffee is someone must have recognized me. They must have known that I was a pastor. They must have known my contribution to society and the spiritual well-being of people in our city. And they must have seen, like, this guy is such a hero in our town that he deserves a free coffee today. So I went about my day with my free coffee, pretty pumped. I talked to someone at our church later that day who worked at that Starbucks. And I'm like, man, you'll never believe what happened to me. Someone blessed me with a coffee at your Starbucks today. And he's like, oh, really? Did you pay for the next person? And I was like, why would I do that? I was the center of the world at that moment. He's like, well, what will happen is there's a pay it forward thing that will happen. Someone will start it in the morning and they just decide to pay for the next car and that person decides to pay for the next car and they pay for the next car. And sometimes it goes all day. And I said, well, that day was not today. It did not continue with me. I had no idea. But it's so funny how we can be so self-centered and think like actually everything is about me and it revolves around me. But the truth is in that moment, I was in that place in line for the benefit of the person behind me. I, I was given something, I was blessed with something that was actually for the benefit of the next person and I completely missed it. And when we look at this story today, I think what we're going to see in Jesus' actions is that he has given us an amazing gift, a gift of perfect love from heaven that we could never earn, never deserve, and the grace that he's given in the, the way he served humanity was not just meant for us, but it was meant as an example. Here's what I'm calling you to as well. So in John 13, verse 1. It says, before the Passover celebration, which was a really big deal for the Jewish people, it it, it symbolizes when God saved Israel from the plagues in the Old Testament. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew, this is so key, that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples through his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. 
It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God, and he would return to God. So, because of that reality, because of that knowledge, he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. I'll be honest with you, when I read this verse, and you know, I, I grew up in the church. My parents were believers before I was born, so you know, I, I kind of grew up in church circles. I'm very familiar with this story, but I do not like this story very much, and I'll tell you why. I am not a big fan of feet. I, I hate seeing people's feet. It's just gross. I, 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 recently, I recently just bought a used vehicle, a semi-used vehicle. And, and, and the vehicle's, you know, not that much wear and tear on it. It's only, it only had 12,000 miles or so, but I'm looking at the Carfax to see if there's anything wrong with it. I'm a firm believer that another piece of information that would be helpful on the Carfax report is if the person who owned it was one of those people who put the feet up on the dashboard. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, how many of you are those people? You're on road trips and your feet are on the dashboard? I see your hand. We have an altar call at the end of service today for your deliverance, salvation, everything. It's, it's weird to me. I don't like feet. It's, it's disgusting to me. So I don't like this story. But, you know, what, what's crazy is I remember Brooke and I were in college ministry, um, you know, before we had kids, before we had, I think we had just gotten married. We were like one of the first ones to get married in our group. And we're, we're in this ministry. And I remember we go one night, we show up at our, our leader's home, and they're like, today... We're going to teach you how to serve like Jesus served. So we're going to wash each other's feet. And I was thinking on the inside, I don't know if I want to be a Christian anymore. If this is what it is, this is so weird. And I know this story. I know it, but it is weird. Don't, don't bring that on me. Don't ask me to take my feet off and then I got to touch your feet. Like, I don't know where you've been, you know, all this. And that's obviously the point, right? But to me, I was just thinking, why don't you do something that's practical for me like today in the 21st century? Because I'm not walking around on dirt roads with Birkenstocks. Like that was the reason for this. And, and, and when you think about this story, that's why it exists. That's why this moment happened. Because historically, everyone was walking around in sandals, open toes, and you know, they didn't have shoes like we have now. So when they would come into a dinner, especially like, like the Passover dinner, a big deal like that, they would come in and they would sit down. And I know you've got a picture of the Last Supper and everyone sitting at a table and chairs and all that. It wasn't like that. They were sitting on the ground. And when they were sitting on the ground, dipping their pita chips and hummus, their feet, disgusting feet, were propped up right next to them, next to the next person. So, so you're eating and those dirty feet are right there. So that's, they always had a servant or someone to clean feet because it was just, it was just bits of the dirt and world that you had carried in with you into that home. So, so there was always someone there to, to clean the feet. Not this day, though. And Jesus sees this moment as an opportunity to teach his disciples what it's like to, to follow him, ultimately, you know, lay his life down for other people. That's one of the reasons, too, that when we talk about small groups, we don't really highlight this. But small groups is an amazing opportunity for us to wash the feet of people around us. 
So, so, so you know, you, maybe you wonder, like, what does that look like for me today? What does it practically look like for me to serve people? When you get in a small group, you begin to learn about the needs of people in your group, their neighbors, and together, maybe as a group, you do an outreach together, and you're serving people because you're connected and you're hearing stories. So what, is it, what does it look like today? Maybe it's in your workplace. You go above and beyond because I really believe that in a Christian theology, the term, that's not my job, should not even be in your vocabulary because we're just called to serve. Whenever I see a need, I'm just gonna help you. So I can, I can help someone in my workplace and do something I'm not actually being paid for, and that example can actually point to Jesus. Maybe it is, I'm gonna help clean the table at night, wash the dishes, take a load off of my wife or, or my husband, and maybe I'm gonna serve someone in my small group who is having to go to the hospital, I'm gonna take care of their kids, whatever it is, there's practical ways that today we can wash the feet of people around us. And, and that's what Jesus is calling us to. And he's saying, look, I'm calling you to do it. And I'm not just gonna, I'm not just gonna do it, but I'm asking you to pay attention to how I do this. And, for, and what I love about what Jesus does is he's not like watching the room and, and like talking to one of his disciples and be like, yo, what's up with all the feet? What's up with all the dirty feet? Nobody's washing this? Like I came in, do they not know who I am? There's nobody here to wash feet. Jesus saw the need and he's not like, Pastor Petey, do something about this problem I see. He's like, I see a problem and I'm gonna meet that need right where it is. And not only am I gonna supply like the answer for the need, but I'm gonna be an example to those around me and this is gonna be contagious. That's what his goal was there the whole time. So Jesus is doing that. And what I love about it, I'm gonna show you another video right now because Keith and Carrie uh, McCoy were amazing. Where are they? Where are you going? What's up? These guys are amazing, such hearts of servants. And they, they began, uh, you know, they just had this heart of how can we serve our community? And they talked with Petey and they began this ministry called See the Need that you probably heard uh, us talk about on Sundays. But it was just something that began with something they heard and they just realized maybe God's calling us to be the solution. So I want you to see the story of how See the Need started. My name's Keith McCoy. I am Carrie McCoy. And we have the honor and privilege of supporting Peak City's See the Need ministry. See the Need is Peak City's ministry that reaches out into the community to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We want the community of Colorado Springs to feel the effects that Peak City Church has had on people, on organizations, on businesses outside of our own church. Petey had done a message about if you felt that the church should be doing something, you should ask yourself, why are you not already doing it? Because we are the church. We were fortunate at that time that Peak City had already been sort of trying to formulate something. And they were just like, hey, this is, you guys might be the missing piece. Man, we've been able to do some amazing things for our neighbors. Uh, we were able to clean somebody's yard because there was somewhat of a hoarder scenario going on. We cleaned all that up. Uh, in one of the schools here, we were able to get a bunch of volunteers and get our hands dirty and paint a bunch of classrooms and put a new fresh coat. We've been able to help people pay their rent. We've been able to fix plumbing issues. We've been able to um, just really walk alongside them. Sometimes it's meal trains. Sometimes it's 
handyman work, sometimes it's offering resources within the community where we don't really do anything other than just connect dots for them. So many of the people that we've supported through See the Need don't attend Peak City. It isn't about you have to be a member, you have to go here, you have to attend, you have to tithe. It's people from our church identifying needs in the community and then saying, how can we help these people? And through that, we've had people who don't attend Peak City start to come to Peak City mm -hmm. and start to get to know Jesus or start to get to know their community a little bit better. And, and that's really what it's about is we want them to feel that they do belong whether they believe. They, we do love them, we do care for them. It's caring for the widows and the orphans yeah. in, in our community. There's so much value in getting to meet the person who is struggling and that you get to see that they're just people and that they get to see that we're just people and we're just coming together to help each other. By doing or participating, engaging in these projects, it helps me to understand a minute amount about what Jesus went through to give and to pour into other people just by seeing their needs, seeing and experiencing their pain and their hurt gives us a different perspective on not just our world, but just our own neighbors. It, it really is that ability to also participate in our community and see other people as children of God. I love that. I just love that, you know, they saw the need. They heard a message PD preached, and they were just like, you know what? That is on our heart. And maybe we are the ones who are called to do something about what we see around us. So if you're taking notes today, I want you to write three things down. First one is this. The towel life is the destination. The towel life is the destination. And when you think about this moment, this, this moment where Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet, what does it say in verse 1? It said that his hour had come. It said that Jesus' hour had come, and because his hour had come, because he was God who had given up his throne in heaven, come down to earth, lived on, lived on this earth for three years, raised up a team, and he was going back to the Father, because it was his moment, he decided to once again say, by the way, do you remember why I came? to serve humanity. Here, the last thing I wanna do with you guys is I wanna serve you, I wanna show you what I actually came for, to serve humanity. So he picks up the towel, he takes off his robe, he exchanges literally his position again. And I love that he just keeps doing these visual things, but he takes off his, his garment of, he's like, I'm taking off God and I'm putting on servant. That's what he's doing, he's always God, but he's taking off just visually, he's trying to say, no matter who you are, you can serve. So Jesus is doing this and he does, and what I, what I think Jesus is trying to say is there's never a moment where you graduate from serving. You, you don't actually graduate from it. Actually, as a believer, you mature into serving. You grow into it. It's not something that you grow out of, but you grow into it more and more. And while the world will say everything different, you climb corporate ladders and you're trying to be something as you advance in life, Jesus is saying, no, my kingdom is actually backwards. It's going to feel completely different. But as you grow in me, as you know me, as you learn me, you're going to become more of a servant. There's a purpose in it because it's not just about taking care of people so you can feel good. It's about we're showing people who Jesus is. So maybe today you come in and you're like, yeah, this is kind of a weird story. 
What's the point of this? And maybe you're kind of like, I don't really have a lot of church background. I don't really even know what I believe yet. And here's the point of the whole point of what Jesus is doing is he's trying to show us, here's who Jesus is. Here's who I am. Here's why I came. So if you've got questions about Jesus, this is the story. This is the example. Here's who I am. Here's who I want you to see me as. I remember whenever we were youth pastors, it was our first ministry job was a student pastor's. And I had the amazing privilege of being able to pastor my youth pastor's kids. So the pastor that I was under as I was a teenager growing up, they had kids that ended up being in our student ministry. And my youth pastor, just, he wasn't in that role anymore. He was serving in another role at church, but they just came under our ministry and they just began to serve in our ministry. And they were checking in kids for events and making sure all these behind the scenes things were happening. And I was just blown away by like, they never asked for a spotlight. They never wanted to be anybody. They were just like, you know what? We're here to serve you. We believe in what you're doing. We want the next generation to hear the gospel and be discipled just like you guys were. But they were just serving. And I just learned such a great lesson from them that, you know what? We're all part of the same story. And no matter what role we play, as long as Jesus is magnified, I can serve anywhere. Uh, So I can serve in kids and be just as happy as preaching on a stage. I can do anything as long as it magnifies and lifts up the name of Jesus. I'm cool with that. That's where I want to be. So let's continue in the story. Verse 12, it says that after washing their feet, Jesus takes off the the, the towel and he puts on his robe again. And he sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? And I just imagine like crickets in the room. You know, of course, we don't understand. Why would the Messiah serve us like this? Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord. And you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your teacher and your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. And I just remember like seeing these examples again and again in my life of people who are selflessly serving the local church. And and we see that here in this church all the time. There are people like Lonnie, who just got up and hosted, who pastored a church. People like Paul Reichert. People like, there's so many people that I know your histories, I know your backgrounds, and you've served in ministry in other capacities, and you open doors for people, and you check in kids, and you, you do things behind the scenes, and it's just like, What a beautiful picture of the church that is all about Jesus, that is centered on him instead of centered on any of us. That's what we're called to be. We're called to just be part of this thing. It's not about any of us. It's about him. And I just remember wanting to teach my kids that lesson at a young age. And we, we spent some time going to a church in Mexico that whenever we pastored a church and we had some connections there. So we would go every year and we started bringing our kids at a very young age on these trips. And we had people in the church that would push back and say, you can't bring kids to Mexico. Do you know how dangerous it is there? Do you know how crazy? You can't do that. And thank God we never had any trouble. I know that there's, it's a possibility but I just wanted, I always wanted to teach our kids from a very young age. And it is, if you want to fight against consumerism in the world, get out and do ministry. Do, do missions work. Do something where it costs you time and comfort and puts you in places where you may even be at harm. Because Jesus went all the way for us. And there's people all over the world that need to hear the gospel message. 
So I just remember teaching our kids, trying to tell them, you know what, we're going to do this together. And it was transformative for them. It changed who they are, including them and in being a part of a serving culture from a very young age. But, but here's the thing I want you to understand. Second thing, if you're taking notes, the towel life is constantly at war. Constantly at war. Because the truth is, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do the serving thing. Even if you want to do it, you don't want to do it. You know what I mean? It's like part of you is like, I know I should, and, and I like the way I feel, but, but honestly, I don't really want to do this. So another mission story, years ago, before we had kids, we, we would spend some time in El Salvador, and we'd go there almost every year, and, um, and we would put on kind of these, these evangelistic programs for kids, but everyone would come out. So people would be coming from the jungles and every, to this town square, and we would do ministry, and it was um, what ministry looked like is it would be, you know, these dramas or skits, songs, the things that would happen, a big spectacle, so that someone could end up preaching the gospel, and people would hear about Jesus often for the very first time. It was amazing. And, and, and one of the roles that people had uh, as part of the spectacle team was being a clown. And one day I was chosen to be the clown in El Salvador. That's me with no hair. And, and what's crazy about this story is I, I hate clowns. I, when I was a kid, I, 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 without anyone knowing, I watched a movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's a real movie. Don't watch it. It's horrible for so many reasons. But it scarred me for life. And I don't do clowns. If a barefoot clown were to walk into my life at any point, it'd be over. That would be it for me. I hate clowns. And, and I was chosen to be the clown this day. So I'm doing this stuff. I'm dancing around. I'm acting a fool. And then, and then it comes part of the, the, the experience where I have to leave because I don't want to be a distraction. They don't want the clown to be a distraction during the ministry time. So the clown has to get back on the bus that we rode through the jungle to get there. So I'm on the bus. And when I get on the bus, I'm the only one there. And all of a sudden, I realize maybe it's the food. Maybe it's the fact that I've been taking a shower and a little water got in my mouth because you're not supposed to have the water in these countries if you're not used to it. And all of a sudden, the effects of whatever it was began to take effect in my, in my core, if you know what I mean. And I got to go. I got to find a place. I got to go now because it's going to be bad. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this up. As a clown, I'm running through the village nearby, <laughs> screaming into doors. I don't know any Spanish. I know four words, and here they are. Por favor, al baño. Por favor, al baño, which just means please the bathroom. Please the bathroom. And I'm yelling this to people, and someone finally lets me in. A clown. They let a clown into their house. I'm thinking, what's wrong with these people? They let me in, offer me a roll of toilet paper, like it's the most precious thing they ever had. And to me, it was that at that moment. And, and I went and took care of everything I needed to take care of. And I just remember thinking that day, I was so humiliated. I was like, this is the worst day. I am the worst, I'm the worst character. I'm a clown. I, I've got this sickness going on in my belly. This is so terrible. And then it struck me at this very moment that I'm having a bad day. Kids are giving their lives to Jesus for the first time. And my perspective began to change. That even though it was miserable and everything in my body was fighting this moment and I, in my physical body, in my mental, but everything hated this moment, I was actually a part of something so much bigger than myself. And it was amazing. 
And there's going to be moments again and again as you decide to step into following Jesus into this life of servanthood that your body's going to fight it. You, you're, you, there's going to be a war in you. There's going to be, you know, because if there's always an excuse not to serve. There's always an excuse. And if you don't have an excuse, you're going to think of one real quick because you just don't want to do it. It's, and and, and I, think, I think there's really two reasons we serve. One of them is that it makes us feel good about ourselves. So it's a selfish ambition kind of a thing. The other thing is that it connects us with the heart of God. And I think that can happen even without having a relationship with Jesus. I think serving is one of the areas where theologians have this term called common grace, where good things can happen to people who don't even believe in God. So you get a sunny day, you get, you know, rain in your crops to grow. And, you know, there's good things that happen just because God is good. And serving, I believe, is one of those things where it's just a good experience where you don't realize it, but part of your soul is crying out to be connected with God. And serving is really one of those ways that does it. I mean, you're never more like Jesus than when you serve, than when you're serving other people. So, so there's, a, there's a desire in us to do it, but sometimes it can be self-serving. Sometimes it can be, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm made for this. And sometimes we can be like, God, I, I'm following you through this. But there's always a war in it. There's a constant war. And I think Tim Keller, I'm reading a book right now called Every Good Endeavor, which talks about the quality of work and the, and the purpose of work. And he says in the, in the book, this is so fascinating, he says, community service has become a patch for morality. You can devote yourself, your life to community service and be a total schmuck. That is so true. Like how many people do you know that I'm doing a good thing, I'm serving people, I'm doing whatever, but I'm still a jerk. Like, like the point of serving is that I would not only see God in action, but I would become like him. And the more I serve, the more I get a hold of his heart and become like him. And if that's not happening, check your motives. Don't stop serving, serve. But there's a motive thing. There's something that should happen in us because Jesus is telling his disciples, look, if I've done it, you should do it. Not just to follow my example so you can feel good about yourself, but it's all about bringing attention back to me. So that's one of the reasons I think that when we serve, the local church is the way that we should serve because there's a gospel attachment to it. That not only, I'm not just feeding a belly because it's the right thing to do, but I'm serving because Jesus served me. And because he served me, I want to serve you. And then curiosity is piqued. Why would you do this? Because there's a good God who loves you so much. And not only does he want to serve you in this practical way, but he wants to serve you in this spiritual way. Everybody has a need for it. So it opens a door for gospel to be communicated. And that's why through the local church, if you're going to serve, if you're going to give to anything, you should do it through the local church so it has eternal value. But we're called to do it. We're called to do it. Even though we're constantly at war, we're called to do it. And here's the last thing I want you to get. This is, this is the hardest part because I, I skipped over some verses. I skipped over the part where it got personal for Peter. So Jesus is washing feet. He's doing this practical thing. He's meeting a need, but Peter has a problem with it. And Peter actually stops Jesus for a moment until Jesus corrects his, his perspective. John 13, 6, it says, oh, and here, here's the thing I want you to write down. You're taking notes. By the way, your feet are dirty. Just in case we, we forget that and we think, oh, I'm serving other people. And like in the Starbucks line, everybody else needs something. I'm, you know, every, oh, poor people, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to help. By the way, your feet are dirty. Jesus, Jesus is kind of addressing that in all the disciples. In verse 6, he says, it says that when Jesus came to Simon Peter, 
Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? And Jesus replies to him, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. And, and what I think is interesting is that Peter is kind of like, I think there's a war in him that you probably recognize in yourself. I think on one side, Peter is wondering, are my feet really that dirty? Because it's, it's obvious that it's like it says that he came to Peter and it seems like he had already washed some other disciples' feet. So Peter's probably watching this unfold and he's like, yeah, of course you got to wash Thomas's feet. That guy didn't believe in anything. Of course you got to wash John's feet. Of course you got to wash Bartholomew's feet. But me, why me? Haven't I been faithful? I walked on water for you. Like, like Peter's probably on some level thinking that, me too? And on the other side, I think what Peter's warring with is you're the God of the universe. I don't deserve for you to wash my feet. There's no way that I'm gonna let you wash my feet. So Peter tries to stop him in this moment in verse eight. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. What I think is so cool about this story is that it just reminds us, it just brings us back to what's the purpose of all the, what's the purpose of serving? Why do we do it? We do it so that people would understand that we are not okay where we are. That, that there was a God who left his place in heaven and he came to this earth to fix a broken humanity. He served us. That's what all service does. That's what all, whenever we serve other people, when we give or whatever it is, it's all about bringing the attention back to Jesus. But it's not, if, if it's never personal, if we don't let Jesus wash our feet and hands and head, all of it, then we'll never really get it. I remember when I was a kid, I've got kind of a core memory of my grandmother washing my feet. I used to play in the yard for hours at a time and I'd be running around in the grass and I'd run inside and I would just jump in her couch, jump on the recliner. I'd be going to bed at night without trying to get away without taking a shower. And the worst part of me, the dirtiest part was always my feet, just black with dirt. And I remember her coming to me before getting on her couch, before getting in the bed, taking a warm towel, so much care, and washing my feet off and just cleaning me, cleaning my feet so that I could be in her environment. She was a very clean woman. And I, I called my mom about that this week and she said she did the same thing to us growing up. It was like that my whole life. She's constantly washing our feet. And I thought about that this week as I was just prepping for this. I never once felt from my grandmother that I was not accepted, that I wasn't good enough. What are you doing in my house? I never felt like that. Instead, what I felt was my house is something I have worked very hard to keep it pure and clean and holy. And what I want to do is I wanna bring you into it, but you're gonna to have to meet me somewhere. You're gonna have to meet me. You're gonna to have to let me make you worthy of this house. And Jesus is trying to tell Peter and all of his disciples that, yeah, I've called you to follow me, but in order for you to follow me, there has to be a transformation in your life. There has to be something about you that changes. If you're gonna really follow me, 
then it means that you have to be willing to lay your direction, the trajectory your life has been on. You have to be willing to lay that down so that you can really follow me. And Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet and Peter finally gets it, wash it all. And today, as I, as I close with this, I want us to understand Jesus humbled himself first from heaven to earth. And he's asking us with humility to meet him. Of course, we don't deserve for Jesus to wash our feet. Of course, we don't deserve for the God of the universe to serve us in any way. But the truth is your feet are dirty. My feet are dirty. And we need the touch of the Savior. We need to have him interact with our life so that we can be intimate with him, so that we can have relationship with him, so that we can sit at, at, at a dinner with him. Jesus is inviting us today. He's inviting all of us. Come in, come in. And on your way in, let me take care of some things that have actually slowed you down, that have actually made you less like the you that I created you to be. Let me transform you. Let me change those things about you that you don't even realize, but you don't even want them in your life. So I'm gonna ask you today as I just get ready to close that you would just let the Holy Spirit speak to you in these moments. Can we all stand together and just, just listen for the Holy Spirit to tell you where you fall in this? I think there's kind of two main groups on really any Sunday. And there are people in this room today or people online that you're, you're listening and you're, you're not in relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never made any kind of a decision to follow him, to surrender your life to him. And this is kind of all new to you. But you're hearing this and you're like, if that's true, that the God of the universe came down, took my place, served me in that way, which by the way, that was just the beginning of the way he served us. The Bible tells us in just a couple of chapters that Jesus went to a cross, a sinner's death on a cross, was brutally, brutally murdered so that he could take the sin of the world, your sin, my sin, on himself so that you could be forgiven by stepping into relationship with him. He's the access to God. That's what Jesus did. And if you're in that first group where you say, if that's true, that's the best news I've ever heard. And whoever would do that for me, I wanna decide to follow today because there's no human that would ever do that for you and you can never earn your way to God by doing enough good things. Jesus is the way. Maybe today, today's the day that you're gonna make a decision to follow him. The second group of people is just gonna be those who follow Jesus. But you would say, you know what? I don't really have a heart for service. I'm kind of just observing. I'm kind of checking out, letting other people do things. But I feel like today God's calling me to serve. And maybe you also need to let God have access to you and serve you in a way, bring healing to you so that you can understand why it's so important. So I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes just for privacy for people around you. And if you're in that first group today where you'd say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe it's been a very long time since anything spiritual has happened in my life and I'm not faithfully following him, but today I wanna make a decision to say yes to Jesus. I believe he's good. I believe he's so good that he came and he died my death on the cross, but that's not it. He also rose again, giving me new life. So if you're here today and you would say, you know what, I'm ready to follow Jesus today. On the count of three, I want you to just lift your hand as a sign of saying, God, see me right here. I'm ready to follow you. I see hands already, but count of three. One, two, three. Would you lift your hand? I see hands all through the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we do something together? Can we just pray a prayer and make it personal on your own? 
I'm just going to pray a prayer of surrender and repentance to Jesus. And then as a church, we're going to celebrate. Jesus, we thank you so much. You see these stories. You know these, the reason that these hands were raised. We've been trying on our own. But God, today we see the real Jesus. The Jesus who came to die for me, to give me new life, to give me a perfect life, to follow you and have purpose but also to be forgiven and to be with you for all of eternity. So God, today, I walk away from all the old, all of my old attempts, and I decide to step into relationship with you, the greatest adventure of my life. Take my life and use it for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, can we celebrate with those who prayed that for the first time today? For the rest of us. If you're a believer today, maybe here today or watching online, I believe God's calling us to a deeper life of service where we, where we serve those around us, where we serve through the local church and serve in our neighborhoods and all that, but you've got to let Jesus serve you first. So let him in. Let him give you that heart, that contagious heart of serving today. And as we worship, I just want to just say, just through these moments, God, I see what you did for me. Help me to serve others around me as well. God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that you served us so selflessly, so perfectly. And it's not just something you're doing for us, but you want to do it through us. So God, we just thank you that right now, Lord, the contagious spirit of serving is going to be what defines Peak City. That we would serve our city, that we would serve our groups, that we would serve our families and our co-workers all for your glory so that Jesus is seen more clearly than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this Peak City message today. If you'd like more information on Peak City Church or if you'd like to give to the mission here in Colorado Springs, then check us out at peakcityco.com.